the way I got filled was a little bit different. And um, the pastor, he did an altar call and he said, I want you to come up to the altar and I want you to run. It's uncomfortable, you can imagine. So I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm gonna just do it. And, and so I just, I just ran up there. Thankfully, I wasn't the only one, you know, it was other people. But I think in that surrender, God just dealt with me. So I, I, I got filled and then I started speaking in tongues. And I didn't even realize what happened. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. Hello and welcome to the Virginia Beach Potter's House Sermon Podcast. It's Pastor Adam back with you again, and we are here for Testimony Tuesday. And on this very special edition, we are very, very happy to welcome uh, our brother and co-laborer in the gospel, Narungchai Jackson. Uh, He and his wife have been in Colorado Springs, and I want to just say welcome. Thanks a lot for joining us on this episode. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a blessing. I've seen you at conferences before, but I don't think we've ever had the chance to to really sit down and talk too much. No, I don't. I don't think so, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we get our chance today. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and uh, let us know uh, where you're at and how long you've been there? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Narang Chai. Uh, my wife Janae, our two kids, we pastor in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so we got here in um, September of 19. We took over from Lola and Judy Guzman, uh, right at the, actually the right um, at the 10 year anniversary of the church. And um, we still have the faithful families that were here still serving. And um, we're, uh, before that we were in Coppers Cove, Texas. And so we were there for five years, 2014 and to 19, um, pioneered that church from our living room. And we actually turned that one over to my wife's parents, actually. And so that oh, was wow. crazy. Yeah. So that's unique. Yeah. A little different. And then um, uh, we're uh, we're out of Colleen, Colleen, Texas, Pastor James Rosario. And so um, that's kind of our our ministry in a nutshell. Praise God. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, well I, I heard that you had uh, listened to a few of the, the episodes of uh, Testimony Tuesday. So um, h- how long have you been a listener to the podcast? Um, actually, pretty recently. Actually, okay. I, I haven't heard of it before. And so when I was looking at the, the old episodes, I subscribed, um, looked at the old episodes. I was like, man, this is some good stuff. And so Look forward to tuning in a lot more often now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, it's been uh, it's been getting out there. So yeah. <laughs> we, we appreciate you being one of our, our newbies. Yeah, but, uh, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So uh, we want to hear about you and your testimony. And uh, what, what's amazing to me is how how every person is unique and your story is is uh, in some ways different and in some ways the same. 
right. but um, it's a it's an amazing miracle, like fingerprints, right? Like everybody yeah. has fingerprints on their hand, and they're all in the same place, but they're all unique, and so that's why these. I think that these Testimony Tuesday episodes are so uh, popular. They're by far our most listened to episodes is because oh, wow. we get to hear, you know, the, the unique things that God has done in a human life. And so we're, we're excited to hear that from you. All right. Yeah. So tell us, okay. uh, Narangchai, how, how did you uh, grow up, how and where? And uh, tell us about your childhood. Sure. So um, I grew up in actually Colleen, Texas. And so my dad, he was, um, he was artillery. He was in the army and um, him and my mom, my mom is from Thailand, which is where the name comes from. And then um, he got stationed at Fort Hood. And um, after he got out of the military there, he kind of bounced around jobs there and um, ended up going to the active guard, Camp Mabry in Austin. And so he retired um, with the active guard. And so I'm a military brat in a sense, but I'm not a traditional military brat because I was born and raised in Colleen. Um, never exposed to the fellowship church, never heard of it, never saw it. Um, later on, I found out when I was, um, when I was a kid, my mom used to take me to this guy's auto shop and I would just help out, try to learn about fixing cars. And the auto shop actually was right next door to where the old, uh, building was, Wow! I, you know, I never had exposure to it. I didn't even know it. And it was just something me and my pastor figured out later, but, um, I was, an, I was an okay student, uh, graduated Colleen High 2005, um, I played football, ran tra- track, my grades, all of it was just, I was just okay, that would be the, that would be the best description, but um, I, I had my friends, um, I, I never considered myself like a thug, but looking back, the friends that I had were, that was the you know, that was the exposure I got. And I didn't realize till later, that's not normal. You know, <laughs> uh, we, we, um, you know, I know people who sold, I, I know people who, you know, shot at and, and um, my junior year in high school, um, uh, we had this incident, my, my brother's picking me up from school, we're, we're just hanging out. And someone's tells us, hey, there's going to be a fight, you know, behind the school. And so you know what you do, you're like, Oh, let's go watch. And um, we go there and it wasn't a fight. The dude had a gun. And so it was it was one of those moments and things like that didn't happen to me that often. But that was one of those moments where uh, things became a bit real. And I think God used that to start to begin to open my heart to him. Wow. And, and so I, I did not grow up in church. I didn't go to church at all. My mom, she was Buddhist, actually. And so I as a kid, I've probably been as many Buddhist temples as I've been churches, you know, um, didn't really grow up around Christianity at all. And so my dad, um, he would, I would say, probably be a little bit spiritual in a sense. Like if you knocked on his door, if we outreach, we knocked on his door, he might come and visit your church. You know, he might, he might check it out, but it doesn't mean he was saved by any means. Um, so we just didn't practice any religion at all. We were just a regular secular family. You know, we were tight knit, but we we're just very secular. Okay. Um, uh, I'm curious because you're you're the first person we've had on Testimony Tuesday with a Buddhist background. Yeah. And I, I'd like to. I'm curious about how how did that affect like your mentality? Was was it different? Would you say from you know the typical American backslidden Christian kind of growing up kind of thing? 
Um, yeah, so it, uh, so my mom would, my mom's from Thailand and she's uh, uh, very pr- connected to her culture still. She's been in the States for over 30 years, but she's, uh, you know, she was born and raised there. And so it was just part of her culture. And so she would, she, what she would do is she would go to the temples. Um, there was a temple uh, right outside of Colleen. Um, uh, on the way to a town called Florence and um, she would go and she'd drag us along too and so you would feed the monks and they would I don't, I don't remember quite what they would do you kind of like serve them you'd feed them they were I mean they were there legit monks and and um, they would light candles and uh, incense to uh, Buddha things like that and so uh, something I always say to people um, is what you know, what good is your religion if it doesn't apply to your life? Mm-hmm. You know, it, and it's, and it was something where she followed that she practiced that to an extent and not all the time, but she did practice it, but there was no change in, in our, our home. You know, my mom's, my mom and dad's marriage, there was, there was friction there, you know, the, the upbringing, our upbringing, there was, you know, it was tense at times. And so, um, it just didn't have any effect on us good or bad, you know, it's mm. just another thing to do. And so, um, uh, I'll, I'll share it in my testimony sometimes. And I do have, you know, kind of a background on it, but, um, it just, it just didn't have any effect, you know, it wow. just good or bad. Okay. And, and yeah. you have brothers and sisters. I have an older brother and a, a younger sister. My sister, actually her and her husband, um, pioneer in, um, uh, Harker Heights, Texas. You might know them, Brad and Stephanie Monaghan. Um, mm. They were in Virginia at one point. Um, mm. And so, uh, you know, I think I know who that is. Now, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They were yeah. in the Newport News Church? Yes. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. So that's my little sister. She got saved um, probably six months after me. And then my brother's uh, living up in um, Dallas. Very cool. And, um, and so you grew up in uh, military town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I uh, have had the pleasure of living here in Virginia Beach, which is a huge military town as right, well. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize, you know, quite how different of it does have uh, a, a, an effect on the culture of the city uh, to some degree. And you, you don't probably didn't realize it growing up how much different it is. But um, do you, do you think that that had, had, a, any effect on, on how you grew up? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you don't, like you said, you don't realize it. And then when you, you kind of get away from it, you look back, you get into cities that aren't as military centered and right. you just realize it's just, it, it's just a different world the military. Yeah. Um, I'm very appreciative for my experiences there. Yeah. And your dad was in the army. Did he, did he re- retire up to 20? Um, so his was kind of a little different. So he was active, um, when, when he first got there and then he got out, I think he was out for about three or four years, maybe, maybe a little more. And then he got back in, um, as a guardsman. And so it was, I think his total was maybe 25, but it was broken up a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that definitely has uh, an effect on, on the home and the family. (laughs) What's, uh, well, I'm not sure, but was, he was stationed there, but uh, then being a guardsman, uh, did that mean that he was away from the family quite a bit? Um, No, actually. 
so the the guard uh when you're active guard you're you're home most of the time he had a couple deployments but it was actually after i was already out of the house and okay in the military myself yep okay okay so you said that there was some stress in the marriage and some difficulty between mom and dad um talk about that a little bit and how that affected you so my parents they um uh since I can remember, they've, they've fought in them. It wasn't necessarily a loving marriage. And so they're together. They're actually still together. Um, but um, it wasn't, you know, there, there was always friction in the marriage. And so I, I don't know. I haven't, I guess I haven't dug deep and thought about how it has affected me now, but I know that it, it was one of those things where it didn't, Um, hmm. I guess their example wasn't the best, sure, if I sure. was to put it. And so there was no spiritual guidance. And so they were good. They were good to us. Neither one of them smoked, neither one of them drank. They were good parents, but they, as far as husband and wife, they didn't get along. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would say that, uh, I just didn't have any spiritual guidance of how to, you know, be a husband, I guess. And um, I think that, I think that would be the main thing for, um, as a result of that. Okay. Uh, Just curious also with, uh, with your, your mom uh, being Thai uh, background, did, did you experience any kind of, uh, any kind of like racism or any kind of separation as a result of that? Um, no, because it was, uh, believe it or not, it was really common to have mixed kids in our school because yeah. of such military presence. And yep. so um, my parents kind of experienced some of that when they were younger and they were dating, but like we, we, we didn't, we, I knew a lot of black and white kids, black and Asian you know, different races. And so um, that is one thing about the one amazing thing about military culture is that all of that just tends to melt away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just blends. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, Okay. So uh, talk about kind of your, your, your teen years and, and uh, did you get in any trouble or, or, or were you straight arrow? Um, I wasn't a straight arrow, but I didn't get into trouble either. So you're one of those slippery ones. Yeah. 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 So we just, I mean, some of the stuff we did as a teenager, I look back and I'm like, you know, there's, you know how it is. It's you're saved and you're like, there's no way I would let my kids (laughs) do that, you know? Um, but, uh, I never, I was, I was always a kid that was, um, kind of like, nah, I'm not gonna go out of my way. I wasn't really just too big into peer pressure. You know, I had friends that drank, I had friends that smoked, but it was like, nah, you know, I don't want to do that because they're going to drug test us, you know, for football and I don't want to get kicked out, you know, and I, um, but uh, mainly we just typical teenager, you know, kind of just try to find a party to go to, chase girls, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I would say that's, probably my teen years um weren't really just bad i was just okay like that's yeah yeah that's the easiest way to describe it what what did you think you were going to do with your life at that point 
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. So um, I got accepted to the University of Memphis. uh, uh, me and a friend were supposed to go there together. He was like a really good childhood friend. And so, um, that was the plan. Um, we both wanted to get into sports management, um, just, just along those lines. Um, but, uh, uh, my, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have good, good enough grades for scholarships or anything like that. I didn't know much about financial aid at the time. And so my, my, at the behest of my parents, basically, I, I joined the military um, and kind of left them high and dry. But I, I think he's fine now, you know. <laughs> so, so that's kind of the the story there. Was that uh, was that something like you you felt like you were going to follow in your dad's footsteps, kind of thing? Um, actually, my dad influenced me, but but uh, uh, an opposite way. He said, if you're going to join, just don't join the army. I would join the air force, and I don't want to last any army guys listening but you know that was his wisdom and we get made fun of a lot but the air force they really did just take they really took care of me it was a really good experience really good four years yeah Um, so what year did you graduate so i graduated in 2005 2005 okay Mm -hmm. and so how long after that did you go into the air force uh, I, I joined i was off in boot camp by december of the same year wow okay so that was quick Mm-hmm. Um, so 18, 18 years old, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, we'll talk about that. I think you might be our first airman on the testimony Tuesday. We've had Navy, oh. we've had Marines, uh, uh, and yeah, but not somebody from the air force. So Very nice. I, I, I'm curious, uh, if, if you have any, uh, distinct, uh, experience from the other branches. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that we always get picked on for our stereotype is uh that it's you know we're spoiled, but I mean they they just take care of you. They really do. And so like So why would you join any of the other branches? <laughs> why would you join the other branches? Like <laughs> why would you my dad, he was a career army guy, you know, yeah. and he said like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and some people don't like that. I, I used to work on Fort Hood and they'll 
you know, they'll kind of throw a fit if I tell them that. But if you get some guys one on one, they'll say, you know, most of the time, like, ah, yeah, I wish I would have joined too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, wh- where's where's the boot camp for Air Force? Air Force boot camp, San Antonio. That's the only okay. place they do it. So Lackland Air Force Base. Yep. Uh huh. Okay, and then uh, what did you? Uh, what, what was your rate for those who are in, in the know? Um, so I, uh, I went in regular E1 and then I, uh, when I got out, I was an E4. So okay. Just four years. Yep. And, and what kind of work were you doing in, in the military? So I did, um, I did, uh, computers, I did secure telephones, and then I did regular telephone installs. Those were my three, the three things I did and video conferencing. Okay. So you were, you were setting up the skiffs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I learned about those from uh, from the what's in the news in oh, the last yeah, couple yeah. of years. So that's interesting. Um, so d- were you ever ever close to like any major discussions that were happening, or is that all top secret? Um, I can't well, tell you. <laughs> I have to kill I, you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know anyway. But um, <laughs> actually, uh, so I worked when I was stationed in Louisiana. I worked at. Um, uh, uh, Barksdale Air Force Base was the headquarters at the time to 8th Air Force. And so 8th Air Force, uh, it was he was in charge of B-52s, some nukes, um, and it was a three-star general. And I actually worked directly for him. And uh, it was great experience. I, I enjoyed uh, my time. And then when, uh, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was maybe 2009 or 2007, um, they flew live nukes from um, Wyoming to Louisiana, and it was it was it was a big deal. Some uh, some people were fired, you know. It was it was a huge deal. But wow. as a result of that, yeah, um, they stood up a new uh, a Magcom, which is uh, it's basically a a general. Uh, controlled part of the air force it's like they work directly for the the joint chief of staff and and they're they're pretty high up there and so i was a part of that um i was uh stationed there um it was my last year um and uh i helped them kind of stand it up and then afterwards i worked there as a contractor so it it worked out really well wow Um, i was yeah 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 god god helped me on that one so that you said you were stationed in louisiana what was the name of that air force base uh, Barksdale Air Force Base. Okay. And did you get to d- travel anywhere during your time? Um, so I was there and then I was also in Misawa, Japan. And then um, the rest, I, I traveled some when I was over there in Japan, but it was, it was personal. It was just okay. visiting family and stuff. So you went in really early, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And how, how long did you spend in the Air Force? Uh, I got out in 2009. So four years. Four years. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so how would you describe that time of your life? Um, so that time I was, uh, so right after uh, uh, training, I was stationed in Japan. So I was 19 when I, you know, they dropped me off in the, in the dorms there in Japan. Um, that's probably the height of me living like a sinner. Um, alcohol was my vice. That was what I was in bondage to. Um, even though my parents didn't drink on both sides, they, it, it kind of was in their families. Um, and, uh, that was my vice. And, um, I was a good airman. Um, I won a lot of awards actually when I was in, um, 
in Japan when I was active, uh, uh, got promoted early, different things like that. But I was just so empty and unsatisfied and, and just, I knew I was addicted to alcohol. I knew mm. it was a, a, I knew it was an addiction. You know, I knew I couldn't kick it. And so, um, when I was in Japan, that's when God really started, uh, dealing with me about, about my salvation. He started drawing me to himself. And, um, so I did two years there. And so I remember about, um, three months, six months before you get out of the, before you leave. So Japan is a two-year tour. And then, and then you get a, a follow-on assignment and you're supposed to have some liberty to kind of pick what you want to, where you want to go next. And it's supposed to be Korea gets the first choice and then we get second choice. And so I remember, you know, you, you base it off of what your job is, what's available. And so you get some options. And I remember um, getting, Louisiana, you know, and I remember it was just, and it wasn't, you know, Louisiana, it's like, ah, you know, no, no dig on anyone who's from there. But in my mind, it was like, I got the worst choice. <laughs> you know, it was the lowest one. It was the hoping one I wasn't hoping I was going to get. Right. Um, and um, I remember just being kind of just kind of discouraged, you know, um, in my life and where my life was headed. Um, all the drinking I'd been doing the last two years, it was like, I had nothing to show for life. And so, um, I remember we, Misawa's was out in the country. It's kind of in a, a farm area. And I just remember driving and I'm out near these farms away from everyone. And I'm thinking like, man, God, you like, this is not what I thought life would be. Mm. And, um, shortly after that, I got stationed in Louisiana. I got saved. Um, locked into the fellowship church there, which was just pioneering. It was starting pastor Richard Graham. Was oh, there. wow. Yeah. Yeah. He just taken over the church. Um, and so it was literally the same month that he got there. I got there. Um, and uh, so uh, how I ended up going there, uh, my sister and well, I were, well, hold on before, before you get there, okay. I, I'm, I'm a little curious about how you, you said that God was dealing with you about your sin and, mm -hmm you were kind of frustrated with where your life was at. W were you like, I mean, where did that influence come from? Like, did you, were you going to any church services? Was there a Bible in your hand or something like, like, where did that come from? So I had a friend and I was in high school who invited me to his church. And so I would say the initial seeds were from him. Okay. Um, he wasn't, he was not a Christian. He's, he's, he's my guy. He's a good guy, but he was not saved at that time. And so he invited me to his church because that was his family church. That's what he went to. And so uh, even though I, I wasn't living at all like a Christian, um, I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, doing anything to pursue God. There were, there were seeds that were sown. There were people in that church that were saved, genuine, you know, loved the Lord. And so uh, God, I would say those were the initial seeds. And then I had a friend in Japan that um we go to church together every once in a while just base chapel you know nothing heavy um every once in a while we would go and so hmm. so you yeah. you developed some convictions just from visiting a few church services like that yeah i would say so um it was enough to know uh and so to kind of backtrack uh when i was in high school you know i had a lot of friends that smoked weed they they drank we hang out we'd hang hang out and so in my mind, it was almost like a Pharisee, you know, I'm, 
I'm better than them. You know, mm. I'm all, I'm you know, I'm not as bad as they are. Right. And um, I'm not doing what they're doing. And so when God when I got to Japan and I'm I'm doing the same things I at one point despised, then I felt like God was dealing with me like you're just like them, you know, uh, <laughs> like he was right. really starting to open my eyes. I'm a sinner, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, OK, so then uh, you get back to Louisiana, the last place on earth you wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so. Oh, how, how did you even uh, get in contact with Pastor Graham, who's just getting started? Um, so when I was uh, on leave, uh, I'm there in Colleen, never been to the Fellowship Church. My sister was living with my brother. He's in the military. He's stationed in Florida. My sister's living with him. And she went to a Potter's House church when she was in Florida, but it was not a Fellowship Church. It was okay. just the same name. Yeah, it just happened to be the same name. And so when, when I'm on leave, she comes back, obviously we're hanging out and she's like, Hey, let's try the Potter's house. I went there in Florida and they got one here. And so we don't even know, we don't even realize it's not affiliated. And so we go in there and you know how Potter's house is, you know, like that's wild. Yeah. They're just, they just lock you in, you know? They yeah. Just, yeah. It's so warm. And um, so uh, we went maybe two weeks, two Sundays in a row. And then um, after one of the services, uh, uh, one of the ushers comes up to me and he's like asking if I want to pray. He's getting my information. And he turns out to be Pastor Graham's son-in-law. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so we're, I'm like, oh, well, I'm getting stationed in Japan. I ha- or not Japan, Louisiana. You know, I'm about to drive back and go to my duty station. And he's like, hey, is it all right if I give my father-in-law your phone, your information, and he could call you? And so I'm like, all right, you know, that's cool. And at this point, God's already starting to deal with me. I, I need a change. You know, I, I need, you know, like if I don't figure this out, like I'm going to be so addicted to alcohol. I already knew. And um, so uh, uh, to kind of add into that, um, I had a friend or a coworker I was stationed in Japan with. And um, he got stationed in Louisiana probably six months before me, and he was a Christian. And so we worked together, but it was like, it was a little, just our relationship was a little chilled because I'm in my sin. I don't want to hear about your God. Like, I don't want to go to, you know, really like, you know, I'll go in once in a while, but I don't really, I'm not really open at that point. And um, when, when we, he, when I found out I was going there, I reached out like, Hey, let's, let's get together. You know, I need to um, get right. And so um, I went to church with him, which wasn't a fellowship church, but it was a Pentecostal church. And I actually got filled with the Holy ghost in that church. Wow. And then, and then I decided to go to the fellowship church. And so it was kind of a weird, you know, it was a little different. Um, and, uh, the way I got filled was a little bit, it was a little different in, um, the pastor, he did an altar call and he said, um, I want you to come up to the altar and I want you to, I want you to run, you know, which is a little, you know, it's a big mega church. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. You can imagine. And so I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm going to just do it. And, and so I just, I just ran up there and, um, and I think, I don't know. And it, thankfully <laughs> I wasn't the only one, you know, it was other people, but I think in that surrender, God just dealt with me. And so I, I, I got filled and then I started speaking in tongues um, there and I didn't even realize what happened. Um, and then right after that, Pastor Graham called me and I started checking out 
his church on, in the evening service, the other church in the morning. And eventually I, I felt my calling. You know, I felt this is the church I need to be in. If you'd like to hear the rest of this sermon, subscribe today. It's only $3 a month when you subscribe at supercast.tech or $4.99 per month when subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Links are in the show notes. We thank you for joining us on this special preview of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.